Welcome to the You Collective podcast. In this interview, we will talk to Kirsten Henderson, who is a pathmaker with a lot of achievements and impact in what she's doing. Kirsten, welcome to You Collective. Thanks so much for having me. So, tell us about your journey and what you're doing. Uh, so recently, I made a career transition, and I'm a data scientist. So I use many different forms of data to make strategic decisions, and that can be like text data or images or traditional spreadsheet type data. Uh, and data science involves uh, coding and cloud computing and statistics and machine learning. And before that, I was an academic biomedical researcher, so that's that's pretty different. I performed and I analyzed experiments in a laboratory setting. So I think I'll just go through uh, historically what my path has been. Um, so as a kid, I really always loved science. And um, I, I found that I uh, loved discovering how cells make energy and how genetic material was inherited. And that drove me to pursue uh, an undergraduate degree in biology. I was in Canada at the time. I'm Canadian. Um, so in my undergrad, I enjoyed laboratory research in human genetics. And so I decided to go to graduate school in New York City. Um, so I pursued a PhD in genetics and cell and molecular biology. Uh, and I was studying how chromosomes are segregated during the process of making sperm and eggs. Uh, and so I, there I was making a career transition and I decided to do a, a postdoctoral fellowship because I wanted to have an academic, a career in academic research. So I moved to Seattle to be a postdoc um, and chose to study aging um, in a model organism. Um, so there I was designing experiments, growing cells, and many of my experiments used large scale data collection um, using microscopy images uh, to understand some of what causes aging and then how age gets reset in newborn cells. So I studied aging for about 10 years and became a staff scientist and I was looking for faculty positions at medical schools um, and they're really hard to get and I knew this when I decided to pursue an academic career. It's probably less than 1% of postdoctoral fellows get these kinds of positions and you don't really get to choose where in the country you live, you end up moving to where wherever you get a job opportunity. So that was a really good opportunity to evaluate what it was I liked about science. Um, and I found like, yes, I, I like making discoveries and understanding how the world works. But what I really enjoyed is making decisions with data and um, designing how to approach problems with data. And Seattle had a lot of opportunities in data science. Um, so I wanted to transition to data science, which involves you know, computer programming and cloud computing. And um, I ended up deciding to do a master's program to uh, to learn these skills and really um, hope that it would be obvious I had mastered them in order to make my, my transition to becoming a data science. Um, yes, yeah, so in the past few years, I've learned uh, machine learning uh, and statistics, and I've gotten introduced more into uh, business decision making and met people from all kinds of different professional backgrounds in my work. Um, so that's where I am now. Thank you for that. It's so fascinating uh, about your journey. And you mentioned that you, you studied and uh, have done extensive research work uh, beyond PhD level around genetics and molecular cell biology. 
Tell us more about how you see data science transforming even that field now that you have the perspective of both um, in an academic setting and uh, through data science more applied setting. Um, I think that it, it will be extremely transformative once we can um, do data collection in, um, in research at really large scale. So like once we can register more people into clinical trials, it'll be absolutely amazing to capitalize on that data and um, be able to make predictions using machine learning, you know, predict what kinds of medications will work for people or disease susceptibility. Um, yeah, it's going to be very exciting, but it's still pretty new, actually. I'm finding that biomedical research is lagging behind a bit in terms of data science. People aren't quite using all the skills that I've recently learned in, in the master's program that I just took. How did you overcome those challenges when you're confronted with a very complex question? And, you know, how did you kind of pursue that um, decision-making process? Having the confidence to, to break problems down and to, to work at them piece by piece. And so, yeah, as a scientist, I've had a lot of experience um, because our, our experiments really often, they do fail or yield ambiguous results. So you have to redesign, reinterpret your experiment, find different ways to actually perform it. Um, and this just comes from from practice doing it, um, from being immersed in like a culture of where people are constantly um, adapting and making changes to their approaches and knowing that um, usually it's, it's not you. Things just go wrong a lot of the time and or mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, stumbling blocks, blocks come up and there's a lot of troubleshooting to to really making step-by-step step to solve a problem. Yeah. And as you pursue data science, building on to your research career, was there anything that surprised you uh, going back into academic setting, learning about data science? The one thing I'm surprised about is how the, um, the skills for how to approach problems um, involving like data collection and designing experiments in like biology and biomedical research, they really do apply to, to data science, how you break down a problem step by step. The, the same intuition about what kinds of things will work, how long things will take, you know, how to parallelize approaches um, in case of failure. It, it really does all transfer the skills from, that, from an academic setting. Yeah, that um, I think that that resonates with me as well. Cursing um, your journey, um, it, it, it's it's very tremendous to see uh, how you pursued these very complex areas, and um, you know, data science is still very much a field I think dominated by men. Um, you know, <laughs> we we see lots of data scientists um, who. Um, or you know engineers and so forth, and and um, it, it's natural to assume that that's the demographic. As a woman who have uh, you know received a PhD in science, as a woman who have um, finished a master program in in data science, 
what 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 gives you that courage to to pursue this path、um, where you are a minority in class and、uh, in in your day to day work? Yes,、yeah, so、um, it turns out that in in academic research, it, it does also be it's dominated by men a lot of the time too. Like、um, the faculty members are often men, although that's started to change.、Um, I think the courage is simply、um, excitement and talking to the people that you're surrounded with, right? So everybody's excited to. To learn and make an impact, and so I, you know, I, I'm going to work with the people there. And so, if we can all get behind、um, our excitement and we have a common goal, then you know, you can work with anybody.、Um, I think also, I just I've built confidence over many years of of seeing that I can be effective、uh, working with data, and、um, you know, knowing that I come. Um, add a problem, maybe with a different perspective than than people have,、um, just because I have been in experimental research.、Um, so for those reasons, I've I've had really no problems, and I I've actually been pushed by some of the men around me to pursue some of the、um, the more technically demanding、um, coursework. Or、uh, so it's really it's paid off for sure. That's great. And、um, as you think about your、um, career in in totality, where you are now, how do you think about leadership, and how do you think about impact? It's not like it's assigned to you. It's just something that happens because you are the person with the experience and、um, the passion, and you. I feel like you want to get something done, and so that's what what causes leadership. Yeah, so much. it's organic. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No,、um, I think especially in 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 the fields that that you're in, I, I think that's that's really important to to recognize that kind of organic level of leadership.、Um, let's go back to something that you started us with, which is that、uh, as a child,、uh, you you had curiosity in science and. That curiosity was nurtured, and you then further pursued uh, uh, more in, into the fields.、Um, you know, you talk about the work that you have done,、um, studying chromosomes and studying aging, design experiments for the next generation、uh, who who are in school today, who have lots of、um, resources available to them. Through the internet and and mobile, how do you encourage kids to or adults maintain that curiosity in science and this idea of pursuit of knowledge?、Um, I think for me, the pursuit of knowledge and and my passion comes from I just love to be surprised. I mean, we're. We're now in entertainment culture, right? So part of it is just like how you know the truth is stranger than fiction a lot of the time.、Um, so just to me, that's what science is about. You know, having your mind blown by things that are really happening around you.、Um, what I'd encourage people to do, though, if so, for me, 
I was interested in science. And so people thought, okay, so you become a, become a medical doctor. So they, they looked for the most obvious careers that I would take a medical doctor or, or a teacher or, and, um, there are signs actually that I, I loved logic puzzles as a kid too. Um, so just, I, I would encourage people to look at that. That meant that maybe I should have thought about coding or, you know, more technical and computing type careers as well. Um, so when someone's interested in a scientific subject, maybe, um, don't, don't look to like the exact easiest career that you could assign them. Um, look very specifically at what, what exactly it is they are enjoying about, um, the, the science that they're learning or, because you can help, you can make a better choice for yourself. You can help other people maybe make a great choice, um, where they're unique or they stand out in their space. That's great. And um, I, I know that you, you are still very much uh, entrenched in um, a lot of the scientific uh, research areas. In, in terms of uh, you know, genetics or any of the topics that you've studied, um, are there specific topics that interest you today as you know, in, appear in the academic research or news uh, just generally? Um, I'm definitely interested in, in personalized medicine, um, just because everybody's made up of, you know, their own unique combination of genetics and their environment, like what they're eating or um, what your environmental exposures have been to as you've been as you've um, grown up. Um, and, you know, I think that we'll, we'll absolutely be able to personalize medicine once we can document um, and build a giant data set of, of everybody's, um, you know, genetics and medical background, and and then we'll be able to find, it'll be like a recommender system. Like, here's what people like you, uh, what medications work for people like you. Or, so I'm really excited for that, that future and that possibility. That's great. And... Um... If you could give one piece of advice or thought for people uh, listening to our podcast to walk away with, what, what would that be? Um, so I, I do, I, I'm a scientist and I, I try to apply the spirit of scientific inquiry to really every part of my life and not just my work. And I think that we can make the best decisions um, and be the most effective we can be if we really understand the world as it actually is and not really just how we'd like it to be. So that means like exploring other ideas and, and we get these ideas from people who don't necessarily agree with us. Um, so we, ha we have to be in situations where we can get constructive criticism from people or have open discussion and debate and maybe even have what seem like arguments with the goal of being productive. And that's not easy to do. And it's, it's really often unpleasant, unpleasant, but the only way you can get used to doing it and incorporate it into your process and, and be your most effective is by putting yourself in situations where people challenge you. Um, so I, I was exposed to this naturally in, in lab meetings, presenting my work as a scientist, but I really do, um, I advise that people find themselves lively intellectual forums where they can 
uh, where people are openly expressing their ideas. That's excellent. Thank you so much for that advice. And uh, Kirsten, we look forward to having you back here and tell us about your new projects. And uh, for now, thanks again for sharing your insights. Thanks for having me. Thanks.